When he was here, I know it. I know. I couldn't have dreamed it. Yes, Paula, you dreamed it. You dreamed all day long. Are you telling me that I've dreamed everything? Paula. All that happened. All that did not happen. Then it's true. My mind is going. Haven't I told you, Paula? It was a dream. Like all the rest. Then take me away. I can't yes, fight Paula, it anymore. It was a dream. Was I any part of this curious dream of yours, Mrs. Anton? Perhaps my presence here might help you to recall it. Who the devil are you? Apparently a mere figment of your wife's imagination. Fuse Box. Okay, this is Fuse Box number 129. Gaslit. You are lying through your bright orange teeth. Yes, and laughing all the way to the big house. A gracious good day to you, friends. This is indeed Fusebox number 129, nefariously entitled Gaslit. And uh, we'll get into all that in a moment, I promise. But welcome in. I'm your not-really-here-I'm-just-a-voice-in-your-head host, Mark Rose, and uh, thanks so very much for pushing play on this edition of the show. And I I want to mention right off that uh, we will have the winner in our uh, Name That Drank contest, a, uh, a contest where you, yes, you, yes, stop, stop pointing at yourself, yes, you could have entered... Uh, this here thing, and uh, had a chance to win a fabulous fuse box church flask just for coming up with the uh, best name for our uh, pal Milt's drink, and uh, that's coming up, so uh, stay with us for that. I promise you won't be disappointed. And uh, over there, awash in the uh, glow of his own uh, lit gas, <laughs> the the grand arbiter of acoustics, uh, Milt Keynes, everybody. <laughs> Thank you kindly. <laughs> so, so uh, seriously, how do we sound? Better? We're certainly more up to date. Maybe, uh, maybe a tad zippier too, huh? Um, did you get into those magic mushrooms again, did you? Not a one, Mr. Keynes. But uh, as I mentioned on a, a show or two back, we've. We've been in the process over here of uh, updating the studio computer, and uh, we have accomplished that, as it turns out, uh, with a a new uh, Mac Pro. Well, a new old Mac Pro. Indeed. We've uh, updated the prior 2008 uh, quad-core version to the now officially beastly 2009 version. 12-core version of the famous cheese grater style, as it was called back then, uh, with a whopping, whopping, 64 gigabytes of RAM in there. How about that, huh? Certainly was whopping at the time, as the old one, although working perfectly, of course, had reached uh, the end of its uh, compatibility with recent software and uh, hardware innovations. And uh, as a result, we were uh, compelled... Nay, nay, forced, 
yeah, forced, to make this change just to ensure that everything can be updated appropriately uh, going forward from here. Yeah, until they make another goddamn change and force you to upgrade again. Well, you know, it 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 seems that their big innovations in uh, in firmware, and that's certainly what affected us here, comes about every two to five years. So, you know, hopefully we can uh, sail along here for a while before having to sell uh, yet another uh, body part uh, to do the upgrade. Yeah, and you're running out of parts. Certainly negotiable ones. Mm-hmm. The uh, current Mac Pro coming out in late October, I think, starts at about 6K. Such a deal. Do they have them in six packs? Pricey. Yeah. Again, these boxes are, uh, well, they're designed for uh, very high-end applications and, uh, more importantly, very high-end customers, it would appear. You know, for me, it would be great if they just sold, like, a a, a bare-bones version that uh, we the end user, could load with uh, whatever we wanted, whenever we want. Well, they say that's what this is. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, the entry-level box has less going on that than a uh, mid-level iMac, you know, in terms of standard features. Oh, of course, there's way more potential, of course. But uh, that will cost you bucks. I just wish they, they they wouldn't penalize the users here, you know? Not not everyone is uh, working for Disney. Yet. Yes, we may all be working for the machine soon. I can feel the stretch of Mickey's tentacles <laughs> as we sit here. So, are you liking the uh, Emperor's new clothes, you know? The ones that aren't there. And please move along. There seriously is nothing to see here. Yeah, I'm loving it for sure, bro. I mean, at this point, one plus one definitely equals aardvark. Oh, for sure and for true. I I don't think, I, I've never seen such a patent disregard for reality. <laughs> well, it just gives you a clue as to how unreal life gets when you answer to nobody. The good news is, Mr. Keynes, he does have to ultimately answer to somebody. So, friends, in case you are scratching your heads and wondering just what the hell are they all on about over there. Hey, what are you talking about? We haven't said anything yet. As a matter of fact, This show hasn't even started, and you don't even know where you are. (laughs) Exactly. Welcome to the Gaslight Express, friends. Can you smell that smell? Yeah, that's the smell of deception and fear. So in recent days uh, in our country here, of the grand and glorious uh, United Snakes of America, a term that was taken from, uh, at first a uh, successful play written by uh, Patrick Hamilton called Angel Street, uh, originally anyway, was uh, later filmed as Gaslight by two directors, actually, in about a four-year span there. In 1940, directed uh, by uh, Thorold Dickinson, and again in 1944, directed by the grand uh, George Cukor. It, uh, it involves a story of a woman whose husband, a sneaky... And just a little nefarious on the side, criminal type, endeavors to drive his wife uh, crazy through a cunning series of events that ultimately 
have uh, some very interesting, uh, some might even posit poetic outcomes. Oh, I definitely would posit that. Oh, oh, yes, for sure, because you're just a posit-freely kind of guy, Mr. Keynes. <laughs> well, uh, this term for deceiving and uh, conspiring has been applied to the uh, political machinations currently on display in this country. In full view of everybody. It ain't pretty. And it's arrogant as fuck, too. Does have that air about it, Mr. Keynes. And here's the thing. There have been countless times when evidence is refuted, dismissed even, without any proof being presented to the contrary. It's just... Well, it's this. I think Mueller did a good job for the country and there was nothing there. I think this whole thing is a sham. I can't believe we're talking about impeaching the president based on an accusation based on hearsay. Yeah, nothing to see here. It's all fake news or conspiracies and hell, friends, nobody loves a conspiracy more than, well, Milt, probably. True that. Well, I, 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 just, I just sit slack-jawed at these things, you know? wondering if I've fallen into some weird dream state and perhaps I just missed the part where they say, yeah, we did that. Because we have footage and paper trail evidence showing you did indeed just do that thing that you claim not only you didn't do, but it never actually happened. Guess what? Precisely, Mr. Keynes. Well, you know, we'll dig uh, a bit deeper into this stunctious aroma in a moment. The show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. You think it'd take your mind off things if Blackstone showed us a trick? Well, how about a bit of hypnotism, Alan? Uh, who's to be the victim? Uh, you are. Right. Now, look straight in my eyes. Sideways. <laughs> That's a cinch. It isn't as easy as you think, Alan. It isn't? Ah, just watch. All right. What do I do now? And I'm not hypnotized. <laughs> That's right, Alan. Then you give up? Certainly do. Well, just try to look into my eyes. One on top of the other. <laughs> I wouldn't have a chance. Right. Well, for once, you're right, Alan. I hope you like that trick, ladies and gentlemen. And until next time, goodbye. The always wonderful Fernanda Lee Murr right there, friends. Goes hand in hand with our topic du jour as well. Uh, we were talking about this uh, phenomenon known as gaslighting, where uh, evil doings are made to uh, disappear right in front of your eyes, as if by magic. The magic of bullshit. Yes, the odiferous trail of a pootcaster. As uh, we were uh, discussing at the top of the show, in this country at present, the orange guy, uh, some refer to him as the president. Nope. Permanent denial. In recent days, uh, some activities involving uh, a president of a foreign country and a prime minister of another and... Ukraine and Australia and, don't forget, China, to be exact. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, in recent days, the orange guy has been uh, reported to have had conversations of a uh, nature that would lead one to believe that he was trying to influence the results 
of the next election by, uh, at least in one case, asking the uh, president of Ukraine to dig up dirt on uh, Vice President Joe Biden and his son, Hunter, who was uh, evidently on the board of directors of a company uh, in that part of the world. Oh, and, and by the way, this deal with Hunter Biden and this company has been reported on since about 2014 and is actually the exact opposite story claimed by some folks in the Orange House. Well, wasn't the whole thing about uh, corruption in that company and that uh, VP Biden sent in investigators to kind of like, what, uh, uncover the mess or something? Yeah, well, well, sort of. Uh, Biden served on the uh, board of uh, Burisma Holdings. I guess that's a, 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 a major Ukrainian natural gas producer uh, from 2014 to 2019. Uh, In 2019, Orange Guy claimed that Joe Biden had sought the dismissal of a Ukrainian prosecutor in order to protect his son, Hunter, although (laughs) extensive (laughs) press reporting and the Ukrainian government have found uh, no evidence to support uh, the claim. Also, the investigation into Burisma uh, only pertained to events happening before Hunter Biden joined the company. And again, there was no other evidence produced of uh, wrongdoing by the Bidens. As I heard it, uh, the previous prosecutor was let go because he was evidently not digging deep enough for uh, Joe. And so uh, therefore uh, sought another person to carry on. Like I say, this this was all reported on in, uh, in uh, Intercept and countless other outlets years ago. And uh, you can see uh, the trail that uh, the reporter followed and what came about there. Well, we can see what came about, all right. Impeachment investigations. <laughs> yeah. And, and th- this, is, this is what I want to say. As we see these stories develop, there is gaslighting going on, folks, with the delicious acts of uh, sleight of hand. Like, uh, well, like this, for starters. Well, we're trying to find out about a whistleblower. We have a whistleblower that reports things that were incorrect. As you know, and you probably now have figured it out, uh, the statement I made to the president of Ukraine, a good man, a nice man, knew, uh, was perfect. It was perfect. But the whistleblower reported a totally different statement, like the statement it was not even made. I guess statement you could say with call. I made a call. The call was perfect. Uh, when the whistleblower reported it, he made it sound terrible. And then you had Adam Schiff, who even worse, made up my words, which I think is just a horrible. I've never even think, seen a thing like that. Adam Schiff, representative, congressman, made up what I said. He actually took words and made it up. The reason is when he saw my call to the president of Ukraine, it was so good that he couldn't quote from it because there was nothing done wrong. It was perfect. So Adam Schiff decided, I can't let this happen. So let me make up. Do you ever hear of this one, Gene? Do you ever hear of anything like this? So Adam Schiff made up a phony call and he read it to Congress and he read it to the people of the United States. And it's a disgrace. This whole thing is a disgrace. There's been tremendous corruption, and we're seeking it. It's called drain the swamp. There's been corruption on the other side. 
There's been corruption like you've never seen. Now, the new president of Ukraine ran on the basis of no corruption. That's how he got elected. And I believe that he really means it. But there was a lot of corruption having to do with the 2016 election against us. And we want to get to the bottom of it. And it's very important that we do. Thank you very much. Yeah, and a few days before, he was calling for the guy to be shot. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. He remarked at a meeting of, uh, I, that I guess they were civil service workers, by the way, <laughs> right? Folks just like the person who uh, blew the aforementioned whistle. Yeah, that, uh, that in the uh, good old days, they, uh, they handled folks like this quite differently. Folks like this person, who was clearly a spy in Orange Guy's view. I want to know who's the person that gave the whistleblower? Who's the person that gave the whistleblower the information? Because that's close to a spy. You know what we used to do in the old days when we were smart, right? With spies and treason, right? We used to handle it a little differently than we do now. I, I swear, man, I think he just called for a hit to be placed on that person. No, it's been, it's been said before. He's, he's talking like a gangster. Now, remember, even the White House has agreed that the uh, process followed and uh, information released in, in that memo slash transcript, not really, was done correctly and used the proper methods and, uh, and uh, channels. And it didn't spring, okay, from somebody's third nostril unlike many of the theories that that uh, orange guy takes as truth these days, it does serve to gloriously illustrate the uh, weird paranoia and uh, very uh, Cain Mutiny-esque atmosphere around this uh, administration, if it does nothing else. Yeah, and uh, you can check out fuse box number uh, 127, Psycho Relic Con Job, about that whole Cain Mutiny thing. Yes, you can. I, I mean, in, in just the, uh, the past few days, the amount of stuff pouring out about the shenanigans going on here is, is positively mind-blowing. It actually risks having an opposite effect. What do you mean? Well, that with all these uh, connections and situations and backdoor deals, and which, to be absolutely honest, this technique... Uh, the off-the-record, behind-closed-doors kind of thing. This is not new. It's been going on forever. But these latest things have nothing to do with maintaining the security of the U.S. or enriching the lives of its citizens. It's to forward the ambitions of the orange guy through extortion and bullying in some regards. Yeah, a lot of that. People seem to fear this guy that work with him. Well, at least that's what I hear. Well, when you start calling for a whistleblower to be, you know, for all intents and purposes, killed for telling the truth, and, you know, we got us a dictatorship, not a democracy. So uh, I'm concerned that we're going to be a little dazzled and razzled and lose sight of the purpose here, which, of course, is to get this guy out of office with all due haste. So you got Trump's personal attorney... Rudy Giuliani flying around the world acting as a sort of a presidential bag man for Trump and trying to dig up shit on Biden. And then right. then there's a A.G. Barr acting as a kind of flack catcher, right? <laughs> trying to sidetrack Congress by uh, putting on the brakes to any procedures going forward. And you have Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who at uh, first, as you recall, wasn't mentioned at all in this uh, Ukraine call fiasco. <laughs> but wait, 
The Wall Street Journal is reporting that President Trump pressed the president of Ukraine eight times to work with Rudy Giuliani to investigate Joe Biden's son. What do you know about those conversations? So you just gave me a report about a high-seek whistleblower campaign, none of which I've seen. Are you confident that none of your staff, that you or none of your staff did anything improper in this whole uh, situation? To the best of my knowledge, and from what I've seen so far, uh, each of the actions that were undertaken by State Department officials was entirely appropriate. Yes, no, that is right, not right. I am now, not now, leaving the building, staying right here. I never said that. Said that. So he was listening in the whole time. (laughs) Right there, right then. One thing you see for certain is that when you have nothing to back up your defense, you call out the process, right? (laughs) Another thing that's being done over and over and over and over again is this hide-in-plain-sight tactic. I thought at first that it was just sloppy tactics, you know? Someone wasn't dotting the I's and crossing the T's, that kind of thing. Then it became clear that they just really didn't care. Like, no one would call them out because it's just too incredulous. Who would actually do something like, well, you know, pick your favorite one, fill in the blank. Yeah, it's just arrogant. Well, and uh, you'll appreciate this, Mr. Keynes, because it it applies to the uh, question that is uh, often asked folks when they uh, suggest a a conspiracy theory like chemtrails or... uh, Moon landings. (laughs) Or moon landings. The question always comes up. How could you keep it a secret? And that is a very fair question. Now, as a buddy of mine who is an attorney once told me about this uh, type of question was that he referred to it as the law of credulity. Do I need to take notes here or something? (laughs) Maybe, maybe. So, So it goes like this. A small lie or a comparatively small one, will actually be the easiest to find out. Some method or process will will, uh, will bring that to light. A big lie, on the other hand, almost always goes cold because of this, quote, law of credulity. No one would possibly believe that an intelligence agency would be used to kill a president or that some inner workings were to blame for bringing down buildings in New York. Too hard to accept for many, really. Just can't. Doesn't make it false, though, right? It still could be true. Wait, so are you saying that uh, Adolf Trump here is actually right? And everybody's against him? Well, only, only partially. They're against him, all right. Because he's a big lie. And we'll just have to see how powerful the will of the Congress and the will of the people uh, actually are here. <laughs> but for absolute certainty is the throw-them-all-under-the-bus strategy he seems to be using right now. I think you should ask for VP Pence's conversation because he had a couple of conversations also. I could save you a lot of time. They're all perfect. Yep. Perfectly screwed. (laughs) Can you imagine the look on the VP's face (laughs) when he heard that little nugget? He may have choked on his corn fritter right then. Oh, and and here's the the other thing. Uh, He, the vice president, he said openly already 
that he has indeed spoken uh, to the Ukrainian president, but had no idea that there were plans afoot. <laughs> yeah, Adolf keeps him in the dark pretty much. Or maybe in a cave, I don't know. So, being the benefit of the doubt kind of guy I am, and uh, in the spirit of reporting things that are at least based in some evidentiary process, I thought I'd give Fox News a spin, just to see. Holy carp, man. Braver than me. Well, as, as an experiment, I just wanted to see their perspective. I don't watch this typically. And, uh, and you know, and just give them a, a, a chance to illustrate their editorial slant. Okay? With what evidence, other than just saying it's a, a hoax or a conspiracy, what actual evidence is there to support that uh, some of these claims are just uh, partisan uh, machinations and, and political maneuvering? So how'd that work out for you? Clown car. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really wanted to hear another perspective. Seriously. But uh, all I got was an odd sort of... Uh, defensive rhetoric that started to sound like absolutely everybody there had a nice glass of psilocybin tea beforehand and were enjoying a kind of Paisley carnival ride. (laughs) Now, I know, because lately I've been watching a lot of it. (laughs) The other side of the aisle has a bias as well. We know that. And uh, they can be just as as fanciful at times. Yeah, but not like those cats, man. I mean, from what I've heard, and uh, as you know, I'm not as brave as you to actually watch anything on that network. But from what I've read and what I've been told, it's almost like... uh, performance art over there. Well, I think art is stretching it a bit, but uh, okay. You know, and I know I shouldn't go here. Never stopped you before, Mr. Keynes. Well, I know, but hell, man, some of those folks, they just look just plain crazy. Like when you see their mugs in a freeze frame or something. I mean, they're just nuts. Yeah, kind of wide-eyed and so forth. Yeah, I get it. You know, I've said it before on this program that uh, oftentimes uh, I, I, I find the best source of unbiased news, at least uh, about the U.S., seems to be uh, coming from the BBC lately. Yeah, they got their hands full, too, it seems. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a good thing that uh, spitting image is coming back. It just could not be better timed. Oh, yeah, I heard that. That's that uh, puppet show or something from the UK, right? Oh, buddy. This was a great show. It it, uh, it was on in the mid-1980s. Uh, I think 84, maybe? I think that was the first run, 84. Uh, and it featured puppets that were caricatures of famous celebrities designed by a uh, very talented couple of guys, Peter Fluck and Roger Law. And uh, most importantly... <laughs> <laughs> they created extremely funny versions of uh, world leaders like uh, Ronald Reagan at the time and Margaret Thatcher. Uh, they were infamous. And it was a seriously raunchy kind of satire <laughs> for the time. Uh thing ran for about four years and uh, really did. It carved quite a path. So they're doing it again, huh? Yeah, that's, that's the rumble I hear. And it appears 
that it uh, will debut on uh, the BBC later in the year. And I, I cannot wait to see what they have done to the orange guy. Because you know they did something grand. Can it involve tire irons and uh, maybe a car crusher? One can only dream. Watch for the outcome at the end of the next act. TheFuseBoxShow.com And now, with or without further ado... So what's an ado, anyway? Huh? Ado? Well, I... Uh, well, it's... Yeah, uh, man, ado. I mean, is that even a real word or, or what? Why, uh, why, why, yes, Mr. Keynes, it's, it's a real word. It means, um, I think what it, it, it refers oh, to... Oh, uh, bro. Let, let's just do this. Milt's got a thirst. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. You want to, um, uh, celebrate the occasion, huh? Perhaps, uh, toast the winner? Huh? Oh, fuck no, bro. Uh, I mean, sure, yeah, whatever. Actually, uh, I just want to see if this thing tastes any different now that it has a real name. <laughs> uh, call it a, an experiment. I still call it a cry for help. Yeah, 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 whatever, man. You know, you were sure singing a different tune the night we shot that promo, amigo. Who knew you were such an Elton John fan? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, I I admit, you who and vodka isn't half bad. Well, it's not half good either, but it uh, sure gets the job done, though. And on that note, Mr. Keynes, you has an announcement, does you not? Yeah, I does indeed. Well, first of all, we want to thank everyone for uh, sending in their entries. Seriously, I, I figured we'd be lucky to get ten responses, but... Uh, Truly. It, it, it was an excellent and uh, surprising response from our uh, listeners out there. We, uh, we even heard from overseas. Yep. So, yeah, thanks to everyone who uh, responded. But uh, I did pick out a winner. Well, you know, Jeff and I uh, decided that since it was Milt's drink invention that uh, he should be the one to decide on the, the best name for it, so... Well, it, it, it wasn't easy to pick one, that's for sure, but uh, one entry uh, just just definitely stood out. So, <clears throat> cue up the snare drum. The winner is Sherry Northrup of Fort Collins... Colorado. Congratulations. You're our winner with the perfectly fucked up entry, Chernobyl Martini. <laughs> A Chernobyl Martini. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Again, man, there were so many good ones, but uh, that one, it, uh, it just spoke to me. I say, let's, uh, Toast Sherry Northrup and her uh, Chernobyl martini. Way ahead of you, bro. <laughs> yes, I've noticed that. Hey, you're not my future ex-wife. Did I count how many times you sang Yellow Brick Road the other night? And uh, uh, Sherry, if you're listening out there, your genuinely, nearly authentic, and virtually lifelike, almost infamous, Fusebox Church Flask is on its way. Yeah. 
Please pray responsibly, Sherry. Uh, here you go, bro. Ah. Oh. Thank you, sir. You're welcome, sir. To Sherry. To infinity and beyond. To the Chernobyl martini. To the clinking of glasses. Ah, that hits the spot again. Well, <clears throat> Mr. Keynes, does a uh, Yoo-Hoo and vodka taste any different now that it's uh, officially a Chernobyl martini? Well, you know, I'll let you know in uh, two or three hours. In two or three hours, you'll have a total meltdown. Ugh, I saw what you did there. <laughs> Did you? Did you see what I did there? <laughs> yeah, I saw what you did there. <laughs> and uh, on that note... Uh... Oh, and with that, friends, we'll take our falsified documents and a collection of broken promises and uh, squeeze back under the floor mat, but not before thanking our tireless uh, contributors, Fernandinende Limur and... Stuart Krug, and also, once again, our congratulations and uh, thanks to Sherry Northrup for uh, coming up with the most <laughs> fitting name for uh, Milt's drink, the uh, Chernobyl Martini. Cheers. Thanks, as always, to the never-gaslit-but-always-talking-to-himself-while-wandering-around-vacant-parking-lots, <laughs> the master of meters... Milt Keynes for uh, technical assistance and so forth and so on. <laughs> yeah, pleasure was had by someone, just not me. But I'm working on it. <laughs> yes, and but also our uh, undying thanks to you, friends, for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox. It, uh, it sure would be lonely without you. And quiet. Surely it would. May I humbly suggest uh, that you subscribe to this fine program and like and even uh, flick, click, tick that little uh, star rating thingy if you see one, as uh, that aids us tremendously in uh, keeping up the good fight, as they used to say. Or you can uh, also visit the now infamous Fusebox store located conveniently on our uh, Facebook page at The Fusebox Show and uh, just click on that little Shop Now button or... Equally as easy from the main domain, friends, thefuseboxshow.com. Just click the little shopping tab. As, uh, as we mentioned, it's been spiffed up and uh, organized by a team of gifted OCD sufferers. So even the categories have categories. Yes, a real treat indeed. And uh, I have been your pay-no-attention-to-the-man-behind-the-corruption host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon. You know, this really isn't too bad. Well, I told you, man. And don't judge it till you have one. Or seven. Fuse box.